You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your sassy source for lifestyle advice, wellness tips, and pop culture dish. If you're not doing so already, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach for really funny Instagram stories, adorable memes, and really cute selfies. Um, so this is going to be, I'm going to do a quick like news recap only because there wasn't much news going on. And then I have the Kate Casey of Reality Life with Kate Casey, which is a great podcast. If you're not listening to it, you definitely must um, because she does like these really good deep dives into reality TV, but like all sorts of reality from like Housewives to like Netflix documentaries. Um, I think she's like super obsessed with cheer right now, which like cool. I tried to watch Cherry. I couldn't really get into Cherry. Um, but there wasn't much happening in the news over the weekend or within the last week, TBH. So I figured I'll do a quick little brief recap, hopefully probably under like 10 minutes, probably really going to be like five minutes. Um, and then I'll pass it over to my chat with Kate Casey and you can listen to that. We dive into, we, so what happened was Reza was on my show. I posted it in, um, Kate's Facebook group. She has a little Facebook group on, or not little, it's a fucking huge Facebook group that she has on Facebook where a bunch of different reality TV junkies like myself, Bravo connoisseurs like myself, all go in there and they share different news and updates. And I was really excited about my interview with Reza and I was like, this this um, group loves all the latest tea and they love to stay on top of everything. So I was like, all right, I interviewed Reza. I think I'm starting to lean on team Reza with this whole fight with MJ from Shaza Sunset. And everybody was like, not team Reza. Everyone was team MJ and everyone was very upset with Reza because he called MJ when she was in the hospital. And there are a lot of moms in Kate's Facebook group. And so they were very much not about the whole, um, not about supporting Reza and very much being on, on Kate's side, which I totally understand. Um, what was that? Oh, it looks like I got a little notification on my phone on the Instagram. But so anyway, so I posted in the group and a lot of people were not about supporting Reza. And so I and Kate was one of those people. And so I was like, Kate, you need to come on this show and help me like understand and break down and dissect this so I can understand both sides of it. Not that I've really picked a side. I just haven't really heard MJ, MJ's side and it kind of... I, I don't know. I guess my my first connection was to Reza, and I didn't really watch the show prior to this most recent season, so I'm just trying to get all the pieces. So Kate and I dissect that, and I ask her a lot about the Jersey finale, which was last week, which was pretty good. I think it was um, clearly not the best Jersey finale we've seen ever, but I thought this was like a really good um, closure to the season. We saw a good closure to the relationship with Joe and Teresa. We saw, you know, we got some closure with the Marge, Danielle, Teresa situation. I love Teresa's reaction on camera and her getting upset with producers. I think they've protected her for far too long that once she realized like, holy shit, I'm not going to be protected. It was very much a moment of like, wow. I think she was pissed because it was like, I've given you guys so much. I thought I ran this show. I've opened up my entire life to you guys. I've let you pick apart every single bit of, you know, my marriage and my legal drama. Like, you followed me through it all. You followed me going into prison and coming out of prison. And now you're film you're about to film me going to Italy that, like, you're really going to, you know, turn this on me. But it wasn't Teresa that turned it on. It wasn't the producers that turned on Teresa. It was Danielle that turned on Teresa because Danielle made this the storyline and like the producers have to follow the storyline. They, like they can cut a few things to, you know, still protect her. But at the end of the day, Danielle flipped on her and like, sorry, girl, you trusted Danielle. You can't trust a scorpion because they're always going to bite you in the end. 
but Kate and I dissect that a little later. Um, so let's dive into some pop culture news and dish. I also want to give you guys a little shout out for um, listening to Disaster Daters. That was the show that Katie and I, my friend Katie Thompson and I, we did a, on Valentine's Day. We did a little Valentine's Day special show called Disaster Daters where we picked our six worst dating stories and um, relived them and dissected them on a new podcast that we created, which was just supposed to be like a short lived kind of series. Um, but we've gotten so many ratings and reviews with people asking for more stories or more episodes. So I think that's something we might explore, but thank you guys for continuing to listen. Cause we are still getting so much love. Okay. Um, let's see, what do we have in the news sphere this week? So it looks like Tamara judge, from Real Housewives of OC and Vicky Gumbelson from Real Housewives of OC. Those are the two that were most recently fired from the last season. They are apparently filming a new project together, which doesn't appear to be... So Vicky posted photos and they both posted on their Instagram stories, like showing like we're filming a new project. Look at us. We have cameras. We have a crew. And Vicky hashtagged her photo life after housewives, which leads me to believe because originally when the pictures first started posting, people were speculating that they were getting back into Real Housewives of OC and that maybe they were going to do some type of uh, wrap-up special on different episodes of this most recent season. But it doesn't look like that's the case if she's hashtagging it life after Housewives. She's probably, they've either signed a new contract with another network, even though Andy told Tamara not to do that because he really wanted her to come back. I think she's kind of giving him the middle finger or giving Bravo the middle finger and saying like, we're still going to do stuff. Screw you guys. You could have had this, but you didn't want it. You know, she's posting about what an amazing life she's having on Instagram, hoping that her ex, which is Bravo and Andy, are going to see that, which I don't blame her. But at the same time, it still looks very just... Thirsty and gross for these girls. They're a little too old to be behaving this way. Um, and, and if it is for Bravo, then I think at this point it's probably going to be, which I actually don't think is a bad thing, for Bravo to do a Life After Housewives special where we get to see old housewives, like maybe like Jill Zarin, like people that have been on the show, that have had a pivotal role in the show. I'm not talking about like Jules Weinstein or... Um, Who's the other one? Carlton and Joyce from Beverly Hills. Like not one of those, you know, not even one hit wonders, but those one season, you know, mishaps. I don't want to see them, but I want to see, you know, maybe like a little update on Jill Zarin and like where her life is today. I wouldn't mind like an update on on Vicky and Tamara and like what their life is going to look like after Housewives and like where they're going to be, you know, transitioning their you know careers and life now that they're no longer on the show I get that I don't hate the idea I feel like I might tune into it and I feel like it also is like a nice way to kind of send them off into the sunset and like you know tie up their storylines all together so if Bravo is thinking of doing that with Tamara and Vicky totally here for that um as long as it's no more than like a 60 minute to like a 90 minute special. We don't need a series. We don't need multiple episodes. Like we just need like a little send off of like, this is what I'm doing now. This is where I'm going to go. I'm get. I just got married or I just started a new career or I just got back into real estate. Like whatever it is, like something that just kind of sends them off and we can move on from it and not have to like continue to, to relive what we've already, you know, done because I don't know. I, we definitely do not need them back on Housewives. That's that's for sure. They've definitely graduated, and I'm curious to see what they're going to do with Bronwyn. I saw something special in Bronwyn um, since she came on this past season. 
but we'll see what happens. Um, Teddy Mellencamp had her baby. I'm pretty sure everybody knows and has seen that by now. Congrats to Teddy Mellencamp. I can't wait for this new season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I want it to come out already. There's just so much tea and gossip. Um, while we're on the, the Beverly Hills train, Kim Richards is in some hot water. So last week on the show with Ryan Bailey, we dissected that her book was pushed out a year. It's now coming out in February 2021, which originally was speculated because there was some legal drama that had to do with uh, Kim's sister, Kyle Richards and Kathy Hilton, that they were unhappy and that they were they wanted access to the book. And like that was an issue. Um, but now we're realizing that Kim's actually been in court recently because she's not paying her ghostwriter and so she apparently owes her like just under six thousand or just a little over five thousand dollars that she hasn't paid to her ghostwriter and now the ghostwriter is suing her and kim's coming up with a million different excuses and apparently it was a big hot mess in court and people are confused as to why kim hasn't paid this woman her five grand when kim was apparently given a three hundred thousand dollar um three yeah three hundred thousand um advance she was paid three hundred grand in advance to write her book, which is typically how when you wrote a book, I know I've written four, I'm working on my fifth right now. Um, when you write a book, you typically the publisher gives you an advance and this they're like, okay, this is the lump sum that we're gonna pay you up front to write the book. And you don't necessarily get paid once the book comes out. This is kind of your payment for the book, and it's in advance. So you have to make sure that when the book is selling, you are making back that money. And you're also making the publisher a profit as well. So Kim has to now, once the book comes out, she has to make back that 300 grand that they gave her originally. And she has to make more than that so that the publisher gets paid. And then she will typically receive some sort of royalty for any additional sale made past that um, 300,000. Sometimes it's like 5%. Sometimes it's 10%. It's rarely ever more than like 15% of uh, the, the, the sale price. But yeah, so she is clearly in some hot, some legal drama. Like if you were paid 300 grand, like five grand is nothing. That's like somebody that, you know, makes 60 grand a year and, you know, they have like a $200 bill they have to pay to somebody. Like I get it if you're tight on money, like it may be a little tough to write that check. But like if they're taking you to court and you still haven't paid this person, like that is some real issues Kim is having. So this may also be why the book is kind of held up. It sounds like there's just a lot of drama and there's a lot of legal issues that have come up. Um, there are a lot, of, a lot of legal issues that have come up that this sounds like why the publisher is just like, we're going to backdate this an entire year, work through all of these legal issues and hopefully, you know, figure something out. But now I'm thinking if... So if the book comes out in February, we're probably going to see a new season of Housewives coming out in, I would say if New York is in April, we're probably going to see a new season of Housewives come out maybe sometime in May, especially because Brandy also said that they didn't want her tweeting about the show until at least June. So it looks like Housewives of Beverly Hills is going to get pushed back till I'm hoping early May, but I'm thinking it might be mid-May to early June which is kind of annoying that we have to wait that long, especially since all this drama has gone on. And Denise is like, I've been faithful to my man. And Brandy's like, no, you haven't. And now Erica's coming out and Teddy's coming out and they're all saying stuff about how juicy this season is and blah, blah, blah. I just need the season to air already. I don't need anybody else to tease it. I'm ready. It's teased. We've had enough foreplay. Give me the damn orgasm. Um, let's just dive into it. 
um, mention it all. But so these seasons usually last, what, three, four months at the most. So let's say we get it in, let's say at the worst, we get it in June. June, July, August, September. Reunion at the latest October, if not in September. Then like Kim's not going to really have anything going for her. Then we're going to start the new season at the end of the year, start filming it. So there's a good chance if Kim comes back for the next season, they might film during the release of the book. But I don't know, it just doesn't sound like a really smart launch in terms of, you know, Kim having actual publicity, especially if we don't know if she's going to be back next season. Um, but yeah, that's really all that's going on. I wish Kim well. I like Kim. I like Kim on the show. She's really loopy and out of it. And it's always fun and entertaining to watch. And then to see her drive Kyle crazy is always a good time. Um, some people are really kind of sick and over her, but I just feel like I'm here for it. I'm here for more Kim. I can't wait to read her book and book her on the show. I'd love to book her on the show. I would die if I booked Kim because I just feel like Kim would just give it to me. She'd give me all the tea like Reza did last week. Um, shout out to Reality Blurb who covered our interview over the weekend. That was one of the only major headlines that came out over the weekend. Um, what else is going on outside of Bravo News? It looks like Amanda Bynes is doing her thing. She's loving her new man. She's a little tribute to Drake after, you know, her tweet about murdering his vagina, uh, her him murdering her vagina, which was amazing. Um, and she also celebrated 14 months of sobriety, which sounds great. But I still think she's on like some heavy, some heavy pills because her eyes are just not. You can just see it in her eyes that the life is just not fully there. Um, love to Amanda Bynes, but I just, I, I feel bad for the girl because I feel like something's just off there. And her new fiance, I just feel like there's something so off on all of that, that whole situation. Anyway, I've rambled on enough. So now I'm just going to move on to Kate Casey, who does some really fun deep dives into Shots of Sunset and into Real Housewives of New Jersey. Um, and get ready because we're doing a very, a very fun, special um, true crime episode of Hashtag No Filter this Wednesday. A very special guest on the show who's helping me break down all of these different true crime mysteries and documentaries that are coming out. And it's actually a really good, fun, entertaining show. So get ready for that. It's coming out this Wednesday. And um, yeah. All right, I'm here to welcome my favorite fellow reality TV junkie. She's the host of Reality <laughs> Life with Kate Casey. Please welcome my girl, Kate Casey. Zach, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great, and I'm happy to talk to you because I love that you can deep dive like me for hours. We could talk about shows like this forever while hours. smoking an imaginary cigarette with a goblet of wine and and the time would pass in an instant like it's not just you know we don't just tweet about it for two seconds while the episode's airing like we could really like dive into it and dissect the producer's role and each of the cast members and like it's we we really can do a good deep dive you know who i really love that you introduced me to is um ryan bailey Oh my God, isn't he great? He's so great. The last episode I did with him, I want, want to say it was last week. Um, we did a, we ended up doing like a deep dive. What was supposed to be like a 30 minute episode ended up turning into like an hour long episode just because we were dissecting so many different pieces of the shows and where we see them going and the cast members role in each of the shows and the casting. And it's so much fun to like really kind of talk to somebody that like gets it. And he's such a nice person, like one of the nicest people and it is enthusiastic and grateful for friendship and supportive. I mean, most of the people that I feel like we deal with, most of them are all similar, like 
we're all when you, when you come down to get down to brass tacks, we're all like just nerds about unscripted TV. Isn't it so <laughs> funny? Like we really are nerds when it comes to like reality TV and like it's reality TV. Like I look at myself and I'm like, why do I know all of these random facts about Brandy Glanville's life? Like that's wild. Well, I listen. I have always said I look at myself like an anthropologist. Yeah, I, I we're outsiders looking in. We don't want to be on a television show. We want to watch it and we want to assess relationships and we look at it like how what does this say about the world at large? What does this say about our our world right now? I mean, it, like you can, there's so many parallels um, to shows and um, just I, I I just think. Uh, looking at these shows, you can learn so much about yourself and the world around you and really kind of get assessed interpersonal communication. Like there's so many layers to it. Yeah, I agree. So one of the layers that I want to, or a few of the layers I want to dive into today is this Reza versus MJ beef that's, that's going down on Shaza Sunset. So as you know, I had Reza on the show last week and I asked him about his side of the whole kind of feud and like what he thinks MJ's role is and where the relationship stands now and um, Ali Ashuri and Adam and kind of how he sees all the pieces fitting together. And when I shared it with your reality life community on Facebook, which I love, by the way, like they are also the biggest detectives and junkies in this. And I'm like the community you have there is amazing. <laughs> um, but I was surprised at how many people are so not team Reza and are very much team MJ in all of this. And so I'll be honest, I'm a newer subscriber to Shaza Sunset. I didn't watch it prior to this most current season, but I did follow some of the tea that went down over the summer last year, which got me interested in the new season, which eventually ended up getting Reza booked on the show. But I want to know, because you are, my impression is you're very team MJ in this. Well, in this instance, I am. Okay. Let me first by saying, I don't really enjoy the show anymore. I, I believe, like, I think in the beginning, the show was interesting because it's a window into a, a pocket of the world that not many of us really know much about. So, you know, it's this incredible community of expats who live in Westwood and are really all tight. Everyone knows each other's families. And that was great. And so it was this really interesting group of friends and, and you learned about their families and in the process, you learned about their culture and I really do think it was shift making television in the way that it really opened a lot of people's eyes into a culture that wasn't their own so if you can imagine somebody in some part of the world or part of the United States who had never heard about anybody from Iran except for stories having to do with 9-11 mm -hmm. this really did a great job of showing that they're just like everybody else in the country. They've got parents who bother them and they've got bills to pay and friendships that go awry. But I think over the years, it's become less about uh, really giving us a window into a different culture. And it's created like almost this cast of monsters. And they're so, they're, they're, they're so enamored by fame that I think they've kind of like lost their way a little bit. And I don't like how, there's so much emphasis on the materialism. Mm. I suppose it was always there in some way, but I just think it's getting worse and worse and worse every season. Like the premiere episode, there was so much judgment about other people, new people coming into the circle of friends based on 
their nose job and the kind of car they drive yeah. and how many Cartier bracelets. And I think that they've kind of lost their audience. The best episode they ever had of that show was when they all went to Turkey and visited with Asa's relatives. And she, her mother hadn't seen her relatives in years. And they went to the border of Iran and they stood on top of this hill and they wept. Now, they were all born in the United States, but their parents were immigrants. Yeah. And so it was the closest that they were ever going to get to their parents' homeland. And that was definitely shift-making TV. But the, this last season where they're fighting over just such stupid things, it's kind of, I think they've kind of lost their way. So that's, I just have to preface it with that. I think that the reason that women are in my group, because I think there are a lot of women in my group, is because all bets are off when you get between, when you invade the, 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 sac, the secrecy, the, like the, how sacred the experience of birth is for a woman. Right. And we will never forgive Reza because we have all been through that. And now that's if you're, if you adopt a child, when you bring that child home, you're in this bubble for a certain period of time and you don't want anyone to invade that because it is one of the most special milestones of your life. Compound that with MJ having so many health issues. Her father had just passed away. She had a difficult time with fertility. She had a very difficult pregnancy. And she's, this is her first child and she's over 40 years old. And then you compound it with Reza getting upset about Adam uh, and these text messages, which apparently he does all the time. It seemed like this could have waited outside of the period of when she was in the hospital. It just, it didn't seem like it was necessary and it invaded that really sacred special time for her. And I think that, that Reza's problem is that he doesn't understand that. And probably wouldn't understand that until he has his own child. And there, so that's a real disconnect. And, um, and I think that it speaks volumes to what, how the show is really kind of changed to be such, so much about shallow stuff. What do you think the, do you think that the, um, the allegations about Adam brought in by Ali and potentially MJ, do you think that that was premeditated or do you think that that kind of just came up while they happened to be filming? No, I'm the, I think they're, I think the problem with a lot of these shows that have gone on so many seasons is that it all becomes intentional. Right. You know, the producers are going to sit down with them at the beginning of the season. They're going to say, okay, what is going on in your lives? And I don't think the producers say, you know, okay, today we're going to have you confront blah, blah, blah. I think what happens is that the talent becomes so enamored by fame and so dependent on the check that they get from the show, which supersedes any paycheck that they can get really from probably selling a condo or for selling bangle bracelets or whatever it is that they don't want to let go of that check. And so right. they start to feel this pressure to create enough storyline, which, which warrants them getting enough screen time, which assures them a certain paycheck, which is assures them more Instagram followers, which assures them more opportunity. That's where we are in our world and where we are in certain aspects of network unscripted television. So, yes, I certainly think that there was an element to we need to bring this you know, to the to the table and early in the season, because then we can drag it out all season long. Sure. Undertones of that are are fights that carry on from season to season to season to season. 
I always wonder, and they, even though they say in interviews, oh, we're all tight group of friends. I mean, reunion to reunion, we're all looking yeah. at each other like, how could any of these people ever speak to each other again? I don't know if the show did not exist. If it was canceled tomorrow and we circled back in three years, they'd would be they done. be friends? No, they'd be done. Probably not. Probably not. So um, in terms of the text messaging, I don't really understand the big why we're all sh I was disturbed that it was like commonplace knowledge that a uh, Adam sends these kind of text messages out. Maybe they have an open marriage. I don't know what the circumstances is of, you know, and, and nor is it any of my business, but it does seem like there are at least one or two people that are offended by it. And that's a problem, but I don't know why all of a sudden it's a problem for Reza. Is it because he's been called out on national television about it? Because they all seem to be, like uh, understanding that this is something that he does normally. And his reaction to, which is one of the questions I wish I would have asked him was his reaction to the delivery of the news about like the strip Jenga just seemed very, um, like almost too composed. Like to me, if yeah. like it were new information that were brought to light, I would have been like, I would have a little more of a reaction, especially because I wasn't expecting that sort of delivery. Um, that to me, I was like, I feel like there might be a little more to that that I think I might dive into um, with a couple of interviews that I have lined up for the show. But what do you think Ali's role is in all of this? Do you think he came onto the show with the intention of blowing up this relationship and he's looking for the attention? Do you think that he really did have a prior relationship with MJ and maybe, because like my theory is maybe she innocuously kind of just shared a couple of secrets with him, you know, over cocktails and, you know, we were just spitting the shit. And right. he then took that and decided to build something out of that. Okay. Well, there's a couple things. Number one, I like, I have a friend who's a real housewife. And before she joined the show, I said, you must always understand these people are not your friends. You need to consider this a work relationship. Right. So I think all of them look at each other like coworkers. Um, I think that that guy weaseled his way in and Reza did a very nice job of kind of explaining that. And they had this beautiful way of showing archival footage to back that up. But this guy has been weaseling in the background for a while. Can you imagine you're somebody who has, I don't know much about this guy, but it doesn't seem like he, you know, is working an office job or something where, or like in finance or an attorney or a doctor where it's like, I can take time off to be on a reality show. The people that are going to be on a reality show are people that are not probably not fully invested into building a company or have like an office job. Right. So he probably is in the periphery and he looks at them and he's like, wow, Mike has this many Instagram followers and he gets to do a licensing deal and he gets to be on watch what happens live and go to us weekly parties. And I think that for, for people that are kind of are in the periphery, they're like, I went in on that action and they are willing to do anything to make that happen. So I think there's, that's part of it. And I also think that, you know, in order to be on a show like this, you have to be a little bit loose in terms of your personal boundaries. So we know that about MJ. She's somebody who is willing to kind of be chatty and she knows when to drop certain information. And if you see somebody who's super hungry to get on screen and maybe has the willingness to say things that you might not, sure, you're going to give that information to someone else so they can deliver it so you can walk away with clean hands. I yeah. think you've seen all of them do that, though. 
right? Yeah. yeah. And so Destiny's new to the show and they're like, let's hand this to her because she is not savvy enough. Like even like my yeah. friend, she's like, okay, it's a new season of the show and I get it now. Like I have to let things go. I'm not going to take it so personally because I understand it's all part of the process. If this happened in our lives, if you told me, uh, just so you know, Ryan Bailey told me blah, 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 blah. I feel like, what is wrong with you two? Like that doesn't exist in our lives because we don't have cameras following us. We haven't signed a contract and we're not hoping that this catapults us into a job on some other network. Like for them, it's all kind of setting the, setting the, the steps for the Climbing next the ladder, opportunity. Yeah. Climbing the corporate ladder, so to speak, but just in a different realm. Right. <laughs> Who do you think will win the audience over by the end of the season? Do you think, because I feel like based off of the press that they've both done right now, they both seem pretty confident that by the end of it, the audience is going to be on their side. Okay, well, right now, because I don't know, we're talking about how, I don't know, how many episodes do they have this season? What, 10 or something? I don't know. So that's like a three, let's say it's like a three month thing. Early in the gate, we're on MJ's side because we have seen her go to the, go to the hospital. Right. Right. So of course it's going to be for the new mother. Now in four weeks um, of airing, which is translated to like what two three months of normal life, you know we might see her at home with a baby, but we're, we're start we will start to to let go of the um, the the grace period, right? And so. Um, that might change. And I, I think that if it's not about surface stuff, like it, it was suggested that he was upset that he sent a very expensive gift and she didn't acknowledge it. Like everything I think he, I feel like Reza says is preempted with, I bought this. Yeah. And I think that really irritates people. And I also think that we're Bravo began with these housewife shows, which was all about aspirational living. Right. And I think that the new trend in TV watching is that people have grown very tired of watching people with excessive amounts of money or pretending to have excessive amounts of money. They're eager for things like cheer on Netflix, which are about people who are building something instead of building an image. So I think people are growing tired of people who talk about things, things, things all the time, and they're hungry to hear about someone's life experience and process. So I think people are going to really not so much care about either side of the story. They might not even care about them altogether. Yeah, I feel like it's become like a it's Bravo's becoming a QVC where they're all coming on, they're shelling their products, they're building their brand, they're, you know, showcasing their businesses and everything that that they do is about building the image that they want the audience to consume. And the audience has now become so savvy of like at first it was like, oh, I'm going to go here to watch these rich people live these aspirational lives because it's glamorous and it looks fun and it's escapism for me. But now it's like, well, these people are one just like me because they go through all this drama and bullshit and now they just look thirsty and hungry because they're eager for the fame and I don't really care about you know their luxury lifestyle anymore yeah I think people are hungry to fight for people yeah they love cheer because they saw Jerry and he comes from the wrong side of the door of opportunity and he works so hard to be a cheerleader and to get a spot on the team and then we're elated when we see him on the red carpet for the Ellen show and that celebrities are acknowledging him and that he's a hard worker. Yeah. That's yeah. what people care about now. They don't care that somebody drives a very nice Mercedes Benz. In fact, 
people now are so disgusted by it, they're going to go do some like investigative work because they're going to try to find out if it's all a con. Which it's a, a lot real, of the time like, it we're is. seeing a real, we're seeing a real shift in television right now. And I like it. I like that we're seeing that shift. I like that we're telling more real stories. I love Netflix's approach to like docu style where it doesn't feel yep. as scripted and it doesn't feel as um, man or just not even scripted because I feel like scripted that word is so misused, especially when it comes to reality TV and documentary type of content. But like just more, you know, they are just kind of filming and, and letting the story kind of find them versus going into it with a very clear, you know, middle start, finish and start middle and finish. I remember having a conversation with a casting director. It was like uh, maybe like eight months ago. And he said, I can tell within three minutes if someone's not right for one of my projects. Because the minute I, they get on the phone and they start talking, they're like, you would not believe the day I've had. I live such a big life. And if they're so ag aggressively yeah. telling you how big of a personality they are, then they're not the right person. But I, I, I suspect that that's the problem they have with a lot of these shows is like every person that comes across the, t the, the table to them are all people that are so hungry to be on TV that it's really difficult for them to find people who are, um, you know, have got all these interesting parts of their personality. We want to see somebody who's cerebral and empathetic and and cautious, but but brave and and all of those things. And I just feel like the, the network reality star right now is very one dimensional. And that's what the problem is. I completely agree. Um, real quickly, before we wrap up, I want to know what your thoughts were on the Jersey finale. Did you see it last week? Oh, uh, the one last night? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So Danielle is obviously crazed. He's desperate to be on television. I don't think she, this is probably the only way she makes any income. I'm assuming. I know she's trying to do a YouTube where she cooks, which but she I don't seems think like she make anything. She really like seems like she has all this money with all of her fancy clothes and shoes and home and but like. That's she, not real. That's what all of yeah. all of us know. Like none of that is real. So yeah. I think that she was like, "Oh, I'm going to be the villain." I think she thought like the Omarosa. Um, a role still exists in TV and it doesn't like, no, I'm going to be the great villain and people are going to love it. People don't love it. They want her off the show. I think Margaret really, that was really damaging emotionally and physically to her. I don't think people that it was really captured enough on screen. Like she really had to go to see a doctor afterward. It was yeah. that much of a rip. Um, I think it was great that they broke down the fourth wall and showed Teresa pissed off with the producers because I always feel like she thinks that she's the star of the show and yeah. has all the power. And it was really nice to see her kind of panic on screen a little bit and to see Melissa kind of like give it to her. Like, no, they have it on camera. Um, I think that uh, Teresa and Joe should divorce. I suspect if I were to use my crystal ball, that Joe will remarry a villager from Italy and have two <laughs> children, a boy, one that he will name Franco and that oh someone God. will give him, a reality show, but it'll probably be an Italian reality show and it'll probably do very well. And it's going to bother her because this show is probably going to end soon. I don't know in another yeah. like season or two. And then she's going to be scrambling to do something to stay famous. And then his famous will, he, he was going to get more and more famous probably in Italy and never come back here. And the kids will always have a really great relationship with them because despite what he's done, they're it's her, girls their that dad. love their dad. Yeah. And I think that she'll probably, 
I think she's probably right now dating someone in their 20s, but she's pretending to date the pool boy just to throw people off. Um, I don't really want to see her on TV anymore. I'm not really interested in her at all. I love Marge. I think she's the heartbeat of that show. She's the one that will carry the torch. She's really interesting, funny TV. I love the dynamics with all the husbands. Um, I, I would be fine with um, Teresa just not being on the show anymore. I'm think, done with it. Yeah, I think she's run her course. She's Her story's been told. We went through all of the court drama stuff with her. Now that she's left Joe, I feel like maybe she has one good season left in her where we see her kind of get back out there and then we can let her sail off into the sunset. And what I really actually do like about what Bravo's doing right now is they're showing all of these OGs that have this big ego that like they're checking them. You know what I mean? Like Teresa got a bad edit this season and and we did break down the fourth wall. And I think people really like when we do that because then we get to, we feel like it's less, um, it's, mm-hmm. it's less manufactured and it's the same thing like firing Vicky and firing Tamara, like less, Letting these people know that like just because you seem you thought you had all the the power, you don't just because you've been around a little bit longer. Like you still have to take your job seriously and come in and and do your job. And I think we're finally giving them a little bit of a reality check. Oh, I think that once Vicky was let go, that the others were like, oh, we're up shit's creek. But uh, truthfully, Vicky's like 57 years old. I mean... She's terrible. I, I live here in Orange County and I'm constantly told or asked, why can't they get young moms? And I always say, I don't get it either. That's interesting. I don't want to see a grandmother. It's not, it doesn't work anymore. No, it's done. And yeah, after 15 years, like it's time to get some, some fresh blood. <sighs> I think if they don't get fresh blood, the show will not. The network. I, it's barely hanging on now. The network itself will start to... To, to crumple because I mean they I think these shows aren't designed to last for 10-15 years they're just not like we see even Vanderpump Vanderpump's really gone downhill and continues to circle the train because we saw them grow up we've seen them come to this new point in their life we see that the relationships aren't as genuine as they were in the beginning because the reality is when you have a group of friends, like you're not going to stay close for 10, 15 years all the time. You know, sometimes you go, grow apart and you mm-hmm. live your own life and maybe you check in every, you know, once or twice a year when you go to visit them and that's what your life becomes. But it's not what we're seeing on the shows anymore. I um, agree. Kay Casey, where can people listen to your podcast and, and keep up with all of your reality TV dish? Because you have some really great interviews with producers, cast members, other reality TV enthusiasts. Yeah. Um, so anywhere where you listen to podcasts, Reality Life with Kate Casey. My Facebook group is Reality Life with Kate Casey. It's a, a great group. If you're looking for even like other podcasts and other uh, book recommendations, it's it's great. And then Twitter is at Kate Casey, Instagram at Kate Casey CA. I've got the Lauren from love is blind on Friday. And, but I've got like an interesting documentary maker, two of them actually next week. And I'm thinking I'm going to be interviewing the creator of love is blind too. So it's always inside unscripted TV. You know, I actually filmed a documentary a few years ago. We filmed it for like four years. I don't know if it'll ever end up airing. I don't think it will, but it was interesting. It was interesting going through that, um, through that thing, through that whole process. Can I watch it? Um, the documentary was never finished. It was never finished editing. We had a, a trailer and that was all released, but, um, mm-hmm. the final product never came to fruition, which. Well, this, the, the two ones that I have next week, one is about, um, 
four boys that were uh, arrested and imprisoned in, in Indiana. They were called the Elkhart Four. They robbed a house, and in the process, the homeowner shot and killed one of the boys. And under Indiana law, if you're if you're committing a crime and a person is murdered, you're all charged for murder. Yeah. So these four kids went to jail, or three kids, or four boys went to jail, and it's about um, this one mother's tireless fight to get their their sentence changed to to reflect the actual crime, which was robbery and not murder. And then um, the other documentary is an Academy Award-winning documentary called Into the Arms of Strangers, Children of the Tinder Transport. And it's about children that were removed from Poland and Austria and those kind of countries, Jewish children, and sent to Britain during the war so that they were saved. And what their experience was and how they coped with grief, because many of them never saw their parents again. I'm loving, I've always loved documentaries and now that they're kind of having this renaissance moment with like Netflix, I love, I even, I'm even kind of into some of these celebrity um, reality docu-series, but I love I that, am like, too. Yeah, I like the Taylor Swift one. I thought that, that one was, was good. And I really liked Kevin Hart's. I thought that one was really good too. I don't know if I really enjoyed him after I watched that though. I liked that we got to see a different side. Yeah, I don't know how I, I didn't really love him going into it. And I can't say I loved him all that much more coming out of it other than the the hustle of like where he came from to where he's at now. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I like that we're starting to get this like behind the scenes peek at these people's lives and it feels a lot more authentic and real. Um, and I love yeah, that. Because, yeah, we're sick of seeing their Instagram pictures like they're perfect. Like I'd like to actually yeah. see a documentary about Kim Kardashian where yes. we actually see how much time does she actually spend getting with ready. the beauty treatments? Yeah. Like it, like she's always like, I'm a mom and I'm studying for law and I run all these businesses. But I'm like, I feel like you're in a makeup chair all the time. Yeah. Getting her hair done, getting her makeup done, doing photo shoots to promote KKW. Yeah. I really want to see how the sausage is made. I want, I, and I think that'll probably be something that comes not not in the near future, but down the line when her keeping up with the Kardashians' fame has kind of died down and her career's taken a bit of a pivot. I think eventually yeah. she'll circle back and give us an inside look at what her life was always like. And I wouldn't even be surprised if they got some of the old keeping up footage and use that into whatever this documentary might be. I don't know. I, I'm making this all up. It sounds like I know what I'm talking about, but I, I actually that think make, that that's. I hope that they make a uh, documentary about Kobe like I that's what I really want to see right now I because I want to know more about all the stuff he was doing behind the scenes to promote women's like girls sports yeah like I feel like there's so much great info coming out now and things that he was doing quietly that would be so inspiring you know to see I agree Thank you so much, Kate Casey, for coming on Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. I really do, everyone that's listening right now, if you want to like get insider tea and dish or just find a new community, I've never started a Facebook group, but I and I know other podcasters have, but Kate, your group is so savvy and like they come in with the tea and they come in with the receipts and the screenshots and the and the real commentary about the episodes and you really do a deep dive into the whole world I feel like reality I don't know if that's like a real genre because I feel like when people think of reality they associate it with like housewives and Kardashians but like you cover the documentaries and you know all of this whole other landscape of of what should be all-encompassing within reality um yeah but I really think that people need to go and, and, and check out that Facebook group 
group because that is my favorite one. Other than like other oh, Facebook groups. I don't do Facebook groups very often, but yours is great. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, you, Zach. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. I love you. Love you long time. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate the love. This past month, February, was our highest rated or our most downloaded month ever on the show, which is wild. I mean, granted, we had some really great guests. We had Cashel from Love Island. We had Kristen from Vanderpump Rules. We had Reza from Shows of Sunset. So it was a really good episode. I have a lot more special guests planned for March. So get ready because it's going to be good. Don't forget to listen to Hashtag Adulting. Life Hacks Get Your Shit Together with me and Abigail Freyer. Comes out every Tuesday. We have Alexis Hines on the show. She was Alexis Nyers from um, Pretty Wild. She was part of the Bling Ring. She's going to be on the show very soon. Um, yeah, we have a lot of really fun topics that we're tackling on the show and a lot of little heavier ones, but like, it's a really, I'm really happy with this new season. So definitely check out hashtag adulting on all podcast platforms airing on Tuesdays and special mini episodes on Fridays. Hashtag no filter. We have pop culture breakdowns on Mondays and unfiltered interviews on Wednesdays on all podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, all the places. So definitely be sure to check in for that and yeah until next time keep up with me on the gram at just plain zach and at no filter with zach to keep up with all the latest show news all right guys i'll talk to you later okay bye